Welcome to Fit Facts. Our tagline, Cut the Bull, speaks for itself. I'm here to talk about facts versus bull, and as your host, let me assure you that there is no script. I will be shooting straight from the hip, after all. You, the listener, deserves a reality show where bullshit detectors is our common goal. Let's get to it. Welcome to another great episode of Fit Facts, Cut the Ball. Today, I'm really excited to have a special guest and we're going to talk about triathlon. I think that's one of the most up-and-coming uh, events worldwide. And more and more people are flocking towards it and it makes a lot of sense because it involves biking, running and swimming. I think that sums it up. Special guest, Mr. Josh Archer. Thank you for Correct. coming. So let's talk about you quick. So 24 years old, right? When did you start? Yeah, I picked up triathlon uh, October 2017. So um, you know, yeah. but you know, I've been I've been a swimmer my entire life. Um, coming back to school after some time off, I needed another group to hang out with, and I I miss being competitive so much from high school swimming. And uh, yeah, I found triathlon. Way more fun than swimming laps in a pool. So uh, let me ask you, when did you uh, first think about competing for uh, an Ironman, which is yeah, insanity? It's <laughs> the most awesome triathlon you can really sign up for, right? Yeah. Full Ironman. Full Ironman. And we need to make yeah. sure that our audience knows that you actually competed in a full Ironman last year. Yeah, that's right. I went to Ironman Louisville, uh, my home state of Kentucky. Um, it's my first full distance Ironman triathlon and uh, with some great training underneath my belt I ended up coming away first place in my age group it's a tough race that's an inspiration to uh, have somebody like you you know talk about what the downfalls are what the the misconception is we're gonna talk later on about the bullshit and we all fall into it and we find out the hard way why isn't it easier to talk about it and help everybody to shortcut? Yeah, This is it. Listen to us. So anyway, I want to make sure that everybody out there knows that Josh actually did finish first place in his age group, which is amazing. He's my hero. Uh, what was your total time? Uh, I finished in eight hours and 57 minutes. Nice. And that was with a five-minute penalty on the bike course, I might add. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They gave me a penalty for overpassing some people in the wrong style. You still did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I still did. Forget right. about the five minutes. <laughs> Average time for an Ironman coming in normally is what, 12, 13 hours? It's yeah, it's got to be like it's 13 hours. That, yeah. yeah, so I think it, it gives the listener a perspective of who they're listening to right now and uh, who I'm interviewing right now. And it's uh, it's a great way to details some of the, the triathlons available out there for a beginner as well. Yeah, that's because right. Because Ironman, that's like going from uh, from skydiving straight from 30,000 feet to, uh, you know, instead of just practicing jumping off a trampoline, for yeah. example. I think a lot of people who first think about triathlon, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for them is Ironman. Okay, forget, forget about the Ironmans. Half, we can talk about that a little later. Half Ironman, full Ironman. The smallest one would be the sprint. Yeah. Which is, uh, I have notes here because I needed to check on that. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Actually, this, all the sprint means is anything less than an Olympic distance. What uh, category you think would be the easiest for a beginner to uh, jump in? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely a sprint. The sprint, right? Yeah, it just dip you your to, toes. Yeah. So if I, if I'm, what I'm going to do is right now, I'm going to help anybody out there trying to beat you at the next Ironman. They're going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to give them some of the secrets. How important do you think your recovery was with training for the Ironman? Here's my thought on recovery. I heard you say that before. I wanted yeah. to say it again. <laughs> Proper recovery is like cheating compared to amateur athletes. You, it's amazing how much you can like up your workload on a week worth of training if you have proper uh, proper nutrition and proper recovery. Now that that comes down to sleep, that comes down to eating the right foods right after working out. Yeah, it's um, everything. You've you've got to put your legs up. Uh, compression has worked wonders for me. I'm actually glad you said that. How many people talk about recovery that don't even consider sleep is part of recovery? Yeah, um, I really. See, the, the problem I have with all of this is I'm talking to you and I know you and I think that your overall knowledge and everything, also you street smart and you smart overall, that you can make up your own mind and be cool with saying that this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. I'm really worried about, um, I can't even choose the right or find the right word for, for them. It's the very uh, naive person out there right. who just gets excited by anything they see. I see it the same thing with skiing, you know, people yeah. see, wow, it looks cool. I need this ski and this outfit and uh, it's like, you have no clue. You don't even know how to ski. So right now it wouldn't even matter how great yeah. you look, right? So you make up your own mind because you already have the common sense. That's what I'm looking for. Common sense. Common sense has a lot to do with what you and I are about to do when it comes to the bullshit meter. Because right. some of the stuff we're going to call is really just common sense. And I think you have it. I know you and uh, your overall demeanor when it comes to training and your understanding. You are your best uh, influencer here. What makes sense, what doesn't make sense. But there's so many people out there that just believe anything that's being put in front of them. And that's my problem when it comes to any kind of sports. So what do you, you think know? they need to do? Well, what they need to do. Yeah. They need to listen to us and uh, get yeah. to the segment <laughs> where we're going to actually talk about that. I made a small list here of uh, bullet points, what I think is bullshit and what makes sense. So fact, for everybody out there listening, fact would be a one, 10 would be bullshit, right? Um, hopefully we find some stuff in between, four or five. Josh hasn't seen it, so we're gonna go straight into a conversation where it's gonna be very organic and generic. He has no idea what's gonna come towards him. He couldn't prepare, but we know he's a pro. And it's nothing better than to hear from a pro what he thinks when it comes to triathlon. This is a one fact or a bullshit. All right. You ready? Yeah. Number one, I think uh, I hear this most of the time when I ask, why haven't you ever tried a triathlon? Is uh, I cannot swim. Hmm. How funny is that? Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I'm not that good at swimming. That's why I never considered it. Like they can't float or they can't Well, swim. That just, when people say I can't swim, is there a reason to just say, okay, that's it. It's out for me. So that means it's an event that's not doable. Yeah. Is that uh, a fact or is that bullshit? Can you make it work if you're just a horrible swimmer? Let's just take all the fear out of those people who think they really suck at swimming. Yeah. Um, I think that's bullshit. Think, so, say it's a nine. It's a nine? Yeah. There are some people who really just, they sink in the water <laughs> every single time they swim and they're not going to get much better but i think uh what's awesome about 
the sport of triathlon is that with swim, bike, and running, um, you're going to get better at any one of those if you just do it more. You're going to get better at swimming if you swim more. If you care enough about trying to do this triathlon, you're going to swim enough uh, to get faster at it and to be more comfortable in the water to be able to race. So, All right. So we definitely think that uh, using that I cannot swim as an excuse is uh, it's pretty much bullshit, right? Very bullshit. You should not use that as an excuse. No. Very close-minded I, excuse. I do. I, what you said in the beginning, I do understand that there could be exceptions to the rule you know where some people are afraid of water they can't even you know i've actually met people like that yeah they can't even sit in or stand in the pool so i get that but for the most you know for most people out there uh, i think it's just an excuse to uh, not do it at the first place yeah. it's easy to just say i can't do it because of that i like that Agreed. okay let's give this a nine another one is uh, must train for a long time to qualify for a triathlon. To qualify? To qualify, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of confirms to what you said. A lot of people think it's uh, Ironman, blah, blah, blah. Do you need to qualify for all the Ironman? No. You don't, right? No. Do you need to qualify for any triathlon besides mm, but, I mean, in order to go to a like a world championship race, yeah, you got to qualify for that. But there's so many races out there that you no don't qualification. have to qualify for. Yeah. Yeah. So all you do is sign up and go for it. Yeah, Nobody cares right. how much you train, right? Uh, actually, no, they do care how much you train. How normally, they check? normally you sign. They don't check. Okay. Right. But normally, when you register for some kind of triathlon, there's a big laundry item list of things and you sign it at the end of it and one of the things on that list is uh i confirm that i have trained enough to be able to finish this race yeah but that's bullshit but yeah it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like asking me i confirm that i'm not bright enough to drive a car yeah, yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna mark that one <laughs> uh, i get it i, I did not know that yeah. That's the uh, first time, actually. I've never done a triathlon, so everybody out there, don't give me a hard time. I have never really seen the, the need for it. Um, to be honest, my own problem would be uh, swimming. Yeah. I know how to swim. I started swimming at a, uh, you know, uh, when I was really young. I just w never thought I I'm strong enough. You know, That's the last thing I want is go in the swim with uh, thousands of other people around me. I'm just going to get, no, nah, that's not me. So that's my legit reason. You know, Fair. but I have no problem with biking and running, so I'm just not yeah. that much into swimming for, for speed. You know. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, we call it. Uh, we call that uh, the qualification is definitely a bullshit thing. Yeah. Right? Full ten. So, next one. I need special gear for swimming. Hmm. There's something to it now. It's it's a gray area, isn't it? Yeah. I'm. Okay. I guess that's yeah. Gray area. Define special gear. Perfect, perfect uh, question. Uh, I did ask that because when uh, more and more people say, they said, what do you mean? And they say, oh, uh, wetsuit. Yeah. So what, where is that coming from? Where is that idea coming from that in order to do a triathlon, I need to have a wetsuit? Is that true? No, false. Okay, bullshit. Complete so bullshit. anybody out there right now, yeah. again, get off your ass and train in your bathing suit, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Agreed. Because I wasn't um, quite sure myself. Every race is wetsuit optional. Optional, okay. Yeah. I will note that if you're racing and you're going for time and other people are wearing a wetsuit and you don't wear a wetsuit, you're probably going to lose. Wetsuits uh, 
objectively make you faster in the in the water. They raise your hips uh, in the water and make you more aerodynamic, and that buoyancy makes it a little easier to swim. Therefore, you'll swim faster for longer. Um, but you do see uh, athletes out there without wetsuits. In fact, the Kona World Championships hosted in Hawaii, you're not right. even allowed to wear a wetsuit there. That's the only one, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it it depends on uh, the temperature right. of the water. Uh, uh, I think yeah. it's like 75 degrees. I read something about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's safe to say, let's just call this one a bullshit, uh, yeah. bullshit. idea as well. Special gear for swimming. You could swim in your underwear. You don't even need goggles. But anyone can swim. Coming out of this, I have one more, and I think we call it uh, one to ten. Uh, swimming in a wetsuit makes it easier to swim. Bullshit yeah. or fact? Uh, That's how people were wondering about. Yeah, that. fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Boom. Yeah. And for all those advertisers out there looking for anybody to uh, pimp out their wetsuits, uh, please yeah. contact me. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him a huge up. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think that is? Is it because of the the, the, the cushion, the air, uh, the f almost uh, works like a floating? Yeah, the neoprene. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the neoprene. Something about the wetsuit makes you more buoyant. The if if you were to take a wetsuit and put like a fifteen pound diving block on top of the wetsuit and put that in the deep end, it would take like fifteen yeah. minutes for the wetsuit to reach the bottom of the pool. Meaning you're never going to sink if you have a wetsuit on, or you're most you're likely not going to sink Dun. so that wetsuit what it does is um most people swim at an angle in the water yeah uh, because they're not kicking enough and their hips are sinking in the water but a wetsuit will bring those hips up and their legs up and they will be more aerodynamic in the water uh floating on top of the water and they'll be able to swim easier which makes Th you faster that's good and it totally makes sense to me actually why Yeah. It would be easier. Now, if I'm a beginner, I totally would go for a wetsuit now. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? As a beginner, it, it helps you even more. Yeah. yeah. So we give that a one fact? Yeah, one fact. Good for that. Actually, I want to move that to a two. Two. Yeah. If you wear a surfing wetsuit, uh, I think that could, it might have a potential of hurting you. Some surfing wetsuits are. Do we assume that most water. people trying to get into triathlons are not going to go swimming in a surfing wetsuit? And I understand yeah. there's different ones out there for swimming. Hopefully, yeah, we can assume that. If not, then we need to create another episode and just uh, talk to those numbnuts who think they're the same. Yeah. Okay. For anybody out there, you think it's the same? You're numbnuts. That's <laughs> all I can say. Uh, next one, big one, big one myself i've seen it do you agree that there is general confusion in the, the transitions by itself coming out of the ocean well i've seen people running left and right trying to find the bikes yeah you know yeah this really comes down to i think the the race director who, whoever is setting up so the transition area i'm just giving you a, uh, what certain better. people said it's way too confusing yeah. that's what they told me it's way too confusing for me And I, I kind of uh, understood when uh, somebody who has never done it before just looks at that, you know, as a recreational uh, thing just to watch. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's crazy. Now they have to go from here to uh, put on their shoes and then find the bike. And then they have to change from here to put on their running shoes. And they're, they're coming in here to get the bikes and they're running out here, you know. So I get that. Yeah. 
you know. I think that confusion comes from but uh, uh, so the confusion is just uh, how the the organizer sets up the whole race. Yeah, you can make transition less confusing by having more. With signs. all the triathlons yeah. you've you've done, you saying there was not one time where you had some kind of a transition that that's been confusing. Yeah, I've definitely had trouble finding my bike before, not knowing what it was. But I'm not going to blame that on the fact that transitions are confusing. I'm going to blame that on me <laughs> by not knowing where my bike is. Because <laughs> when you're setting up your bike, you should like mentally walk yourself through like, okay, this is where I exit the water. This is where I get into transition. It's going to, my bike's going to be over there towards the end on the left. So anybody out there, you think it's confusing. It's pretty easy. You know, you just follow the crowd for the most part, right? Yeah. Uh, just remember where your bike is and yeah. just uh, pay attention to where you have to run out to go into your run. You know, just follow the crowd really, unless you are in the very front. Then it's a different story. Yeah. So I get that. So again, that's easy, not an excuse. Uh, fact or bullshit, the best time to rest on a triathlon is on the bike. There's no resting. There's no resting. Yeah, you go all out the whole time. Okay, so <laughs> now I have a, a lot to say about that. So uh, the last race I saw was a half Ironman in Oceanside. Uh, yesterday? Think, yeah. This past weekend? No, no, that was like a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, I saw a lot of people on the bike just uh, eating carbs, just rolling along and taking their time before they start kicking it into the gear again. Yeah, I can see that as a rest period much more than certainly not with swimming. You can't. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the running swim. is not either you run or you don't run on the bike. You sit and you don't pedal, you roll. Yeah. I, I see what you're, you're saying. You're with me on that yeah. one? Yeah, I'm with you now. I can be convinced. Just because yeah. you're a freak of nature, you don't rest at all. You just go all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're the super athlete. But uh, yeah. I in, think... In order to keep swimming, you got to keep swimming. If you want to yeah, if you want to just rest and you just say, you know what, I need uh, I need to really relax because I'm like, you know, I'm getting dizzy. Yeah. Best thing is still the bike, right? Yeah. 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 You've got your, you've got wheels underneath you. You're going to keep rolling. You can pedal with very little effort and finish the race. You think it's also a good way to uh, keep uh, eating some carbs while you're on the bike? Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's easier to be on the bike and not pedal and be in a static motion and eat, right? Yeah. So For, I think that's another reason. And yeah. the long distance, half Ironmans or full Ironmans, a lot of people load when they're on the bike because it allows you to be static. Yeah. When you run, it's hard to eat. We know that. Definitely agree. Certainly doesn't work when you swim. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that too. I definitely do most of my carbs on the bike. So thank you very much. It just proved my point that the uh, best time to rest is on the bike. One. <laughs> <laughs> One. Done. One to ten. Good effective recovery is half of the battle. I think the biggest separator between a pretty good age group athlete and a pro is proper recovery. The pros have way more time and way more money to spend on recovery, and I think that's why they end up doing better in the long run. Okay. So if you want an easy way to cheat your way to being faster, recover better. Sleep more, care about your uh, post-exercise nutrition, which can be considered recovery. I think it's going to be, you have to make up your own mind, whoever's out there thinking about it, you know, 100% 100% we know that recovery is equally as important than the performance itself because without recovery, there's no performance. Yeah. 
you know it's just the way it works but any sport so we have that so i think i give that a one you know i i agree um when it comes to uh not the excuses when it comes to the sport but monetary the number one answer when asking would you be interested in a triathlon people say what do you have any idea what's coming up yeah no the bikes are too expensive I, hey wait a minute did you read my notes no way <laughs> is that exactly what you said well uh yeah it's uh a great bike is the most important of all three yeah fact or bullshit yeah bullshit okay yeah so you're saying you can have a crappy bike and still go for it no, i'm i'm not saying a crappy bike i'm saying a uh, less expensive bike. I think you can get by with a $200, $300 bike and do just as well because the the real engine behind that bike is you and your legs and your cardiovascular system, not the bike. The bike is going to give you an extra like maybe 10% difference, uh, but that really only matters for professionals. And to go further into that, uh, you don't need to go to a bike shop and buy a brand new bike. Um, you can go on eBay and find components for a bike and build one yourself that's probably just as good as some $2,000 bike, and you can probably put it together by yourself for like $500. Right. It would help, though, to have somebody to help you to set it right that yeah. fits for your needs, right? Definitely. Especially yeah. if you're out there and it's the first time you don't... Uh, have any experience it would definitely help to have the bike somewhere where to help you set it up right for yeah. your body height and your type and your performance correct definitely so yeah i think that's one of the more, more most important things when getting a bike um you definitely need to get a, a proper bike fit i think a proper bike fit's going to go a long way you're going to be way more comfortable on the bike uh you'll be able to hold the position let's for a split lot this in two uh the okay. first uh, question uh Getting a proper bike fit is essential to your success when it comes to the bike. One to ten. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. It is not. It's not crucial. <laughs> um, but it will save you time and energy later. I For think. sure, it will make a difference. I think we can almost like relate it to uh, running style and speed when it comes to long distance running. Yeah. But uh, I like three, three or four. It's good. And the, the second was uh, really that uh, the, the, the price uh, of the, the money. Uh, I can afford the bike to do a triathlon. It's, uh, we call that a nine or a 10 because there's always ways out there. You yeah. can, in reality, I could get a bike uh, on eBay for 500 bucks and still go for it. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Yeah. I think saying bikes are too expensive is a lame excuse. Yeah, that's uh, very true. And uh, if you suck in your physical ability on the uh, $10,000 bike, you certainly will suck uh, the same way on a $500 bike. Yeah. It's not going to change. So I, I can give everyone a quick little tip out yeah. there to make their cheap bike just as good as a, uh, a super bike. A tip What's is that? clean your bike chain and clean your cassette, the rear gears on your bike. A question that's general, but actually I can tell you if it's a fact or bullshit, but I want to hear it from you as a pro that training for a triathlon, you actually have less uh, of an injury 
uh, less chance of an injury than training for a marathon. Training for a triathlon has a less of a risk yeah. than a marathon. Why do you think? Because of the it's because of the diversification of like um, of muscles recruiting. See, that's exactly exercise. what I was talking about in the very beginning. That the way you think and uh, the way others think, you know, uh, you know, because it's common sense. Because it yeah. covers swimming, it covers biking, it covers running, and you almost, especially with the swimming, you're moving your body in uh, different. Uh, planes of motions, right? So you're mixing it up. With running, you do the same thing over and over again like religion, right? And yeah. the same every day, bum, bum, bum. One plane of motion, same thing, always pattern overload eventually. That's how your body breaks down. You're not mixing it up. With a triathlon, you have a chance from a, from a run to go on the bike, swim yeah. the next day. So yeah, very good. Um, I passed. I didn't think you're going to pass that one, so I'm going to just mark that one off and never going to mention it again. Yeah. <laughs> we agreed on the bike that uh, the pricing has nothing to do with uh, you making a decision to uh, get into the sport at the first place. Yeah. So same thing goes with shoes. You know, if you're, uh, your body's in good shape, uh, you, and you can be, uh, you won't be surprised you can get away with crappy shoes. Yeah. You know. The same thing, another podcast, but the same thing I think about biking. Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, their first bike I had, I had no gears, you know, and I was like cranking it. And uh, your body has to adapt to a certain kind of strength to even pull it off. Going up the hills in Austria where I grew up yeah. wasn't that easy with no Which gears. Means. Come on, <laughs> I'm telling you, recovery the key to success as a full Ironman finisher. Before we finish this all up. I think that you're the best person to listen to, which really sums up the, the number one, I think, uh, problem with people training for a full Ironman is time invested to train for it. I think this is the biggest problem because there's a joke out there that said, well, I, I have a job, mm -hmm. right? You agree with that? And the reason yeah. is because what was your average time of training for a full Ironman? 25, 30 hours. That's a job. Yeah, that's another In some job. countries, that's a full-time job, you yeah. know. <laughs> they have a 35-hour work week. Yeah. So that's a lot. If you really think about it, if you work 60 hours a week, there's no way. There's no way in hell yeah, you're going to pull this off. Yeah, I, I think it really depends on what you're going for there, though. Because some people, like myself, I didn't just want to finish an Ironman. I wanted to race as fast as possible and beat the other people out there. But if you're just looking to finish something like that, uh, I think you could scrape by with 10 to 15. And then like the month before the actual race, maybe have like 20. You're talking about a regular triathlon? like uh, No, no. Ironman. Ironman. Full, full oh. distance. I think you could I get by with I haven't talked to anybody 10, yet, as of yet, who hasn't told me that they trained for more than 20 hours or less than 20 hours. Even uh, people training for half an Ironman. Really? Yeah. yeah. Everybody, because when I do a recovery and I ask them when to do a half Ironman, say, what's your training like? Yeah, about 20 hours a week. Yeah. So here I can see almost the similarity between half and full Ironman when it comes to the training, you know, just to show the distance. Yeah. So time uh, definitely has a lot to do with uh, getting ready for something like that. For something that's uh, an event that's... Uh, What's the Olympic uh, distance, uh, which is the most popular 1. one? 1.5K, 40K, 10K. You think you can uh, handle it in uh, five to six hours a week? Or you think that's uh, 
you could finish one training with five, five yeah. to six hours a week yeah definitely okay so it's definitely really doable. what's important the goal yeah right it's the goal Dude, if you just want to go out there and have fun and finish a race and you know be fit i think you can train five to ten hours a week that's a hell of a lot more hours of exercise than any other yeah, person's yeah. doing out there. But it also uh, helps with that issue with us asking uh, when somebody says, I don't have enough time to train for, not tri uh, for a triathlon. Yeah, You have five or six hours, you can do it, right? Yeah, definitely. No excuse. So if you say you don't have enough time to train for, depending on what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about Ironman, just a, a regular uh, triathlon. I think uh, if you say you don't have enough time, that's bullshit too. At least I would give it a, a seven. Because I know there's people out there that don't have five, six hours. Yeah. But those are people who don't exercise at all anyway because they don't have any time to exercise. Yeah. So that's just a fact. Anything else that comes to your mind before we finish this awesome episode and give everybody a great idea of where to go next if they really want to go for it but haven't done it yet? Yeah. I think there's a lot of non-triathletes that say, uh, I'm not going to do a triathlon. No way. That's for crazy people. I'm not that <laughs> tough. And I think anyone can do a triathlon. I think it's really great exercise to get your body into shape and to feel good about yourself, feel accomplished. Yeah. It's good advice. Last one, Josh, coming from you, honest. Is it better for me to go online and do my research or is it better to join a club and just yeah. uh, get get myself going from zero to, you know. Yeah, to a, a find a club. Find a club, right? Yeah, I know some yeah. free ones out there. You can check out, uh, like, full disclosure, where this is not for any kind of uh, money monetization, but californiatriathlon.org. It's a free triathlon club that you can sign up for. They've got training plans. They've got group rides. It's a lot of fun. Give it a go. Yeah, you definitely should, and uh, I think it's a great it's great advice uh, that you find the motivation and the different experiences from people next to you. That helps a lot. Don't go with everything you think you want to do. You should know online because that just is frustrating, and I think it's not going to help you at all if you don't know if it's right or wrong because nobody's there to tell you that it's bullshit. So I think having uh, somebody next to you who's done it before you, what's better for motivation than that? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fit Facts. And remember, if it doesn't make sense, ask questions.